Hi guys, welcome to Son of a Bix and the Iceman, you did hear me right, um, we are making a name change in honor of my good friend Peyton joining me permanently um, on the show, and we are making a logo change also, um, we're gonna change the logo pretty soon, and we're we're putting out, we're trying to put out content weekly, and uh, definitely the logo. I'm excited about that. I was excited about that last week, and uh, just really excited to continue this podcast with Peyton. Um, so today on the show, um, the 13th of April today, um, we are going to go into the Reds hot start um, for the season. Uh, Peyton will give us a short recap of the crew and their opening. Have they only played one game? Yep. Yeah, one game. All right. Um, uh, I will give you guys a short NFL draft preview. We go over our Blue Jackets report um, for the week. And me and Peyton will give you guys a little different uh, this week. We'll give you guys our top five most surprising moments in sports. Um, So... Uh, we will go into the Reds. Um, if you guys don't know, the Cincinnati Reds so far this season off to a 7-3 and three start. And I'm going to throw it over to Peyton. Any opening thoughts about how the Reds have started the season? The Reds are the hottest team in Major League Baseball. Um, they haven't played well against uh, that D-back series a couple nights ago. Yeah, that was a little disappointing. A little disappointing after such a hot start. Mm-hmm. Um, taking two of three from the Cardinals to start out the season and the, sweeping the Pirates. Yeah, well, um, that's always good. Always yeah. good to sweep the Pirates. Well, Cardinals were favored to win the division. Yeah, you know, like, and I just not a lot of respect give it, being given out to the Cincinnati Reds at least early in the season. Um, look, I love this team. I mean, I really like this team. I think they might. I'm not trying to get too excited, but. They might be a little better than the record projection um, yeah. I had early in the season. Oh, yeah. Going back uh, on it already, yeah, 10 I, games into the season. I just, I don't know. Well, we got to get Sonny Gray back. And, uh, I mean, I just, I really like the team. And, I mean, a lot of strengths. Like, I mean, I think Naquin, Naquin's just been, the ball has been hopping off his bat, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it is just literally... Does he like, still lead the league in uh, home runs? Uh, I think he's at five or six, so maybe, but um, definitely have to check that out. So, you know... Yeah, he's still, he's he's tied with the guy for the Rockies. Uh, they both nice. got five. Um, definitely the Reds. I mean, Castellanos uh, brings an attitude to this team. Yep. I think he's really came into his own in year two with the Red Legs. Um, Joey Votto finally hit a home run last night, and I just, I mean, finally, yep. like with Joey Votto. I know, how old is Joey Votto? Uh, I'm not sure. Like but then you got young guys stepping up, too. Like, obviously, we've got the older leadership of... Castellanos, Votto, and Moustakis. I know that those are some very respected guys in the Reds' clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but this team has some young guys that are looking to step up. In that uh, first first couple games, Jonathan India, um, Reds' starting second baseman, um, I listened to a podcast with him yesterday, the, uh, the Jim Day podcast. Oh, um, nice. Jim Day was uh, interviewing our guy, Jonathan India. Mm-hmm. Um 
Homie started out the season incredibly, incredibly hot. Um, he was the fifth overall pick out of uh, the University of Florida in Gainesville. Uh-huh. Um, he, he, he made his uh, debut on opening day, um, a very historic tradition there in Cincinnati. Um, he's off to a hot start. Um, we got Antone um, toting the line between the bullpen mm-hmm. and the starting rotation. He's done a good job so far this year. Um, oh, what? I mean, Amir Garrett's done a good job too. I mean, yeah. he's had, you know, just Amir Garrett, you know, he's a dog, man. Like, he is a, you know, what, what was the quote he said? Like, like showboating, son of a oh, gun. Finger, finger punting. Yeah. Finger punting. Finger, finger pointing. pointing. <laughs> showboating, son of a gun. Yeah. And uh, I like that attitude for this team because, uh, Definitely, there should be more respect given to this team, and I think people are going to find that out as the season goes on. And just like, yeah, you just got it. There you go. Um, So, definitely, I mean, I like the team. I like Naquin in left field, Senzel in center, right. I like Castellanos. And then third is Suarez, and I think we move Moustakis to short. I think Mustak. Well, no, no, Mustakis is third. Suarez is yes, short. Yes, which yes, yes. Suarez is short. My bad. I, Suarez played and third he, last year, and he started off the season not not comfortable at mm-hmm. short. Um, I think he had picked up back to back errors to start the season. Um, just some inconsistency um, in that fielding position there at short. Um, I believe as the season progresses, I know uh, Jonathan India talked about that yesterday. Um, on the podcast with Mr. Jim Day, um, apparently India he's played the left side of the infield um, for the majority of his high school and collegiate careers. Yep. Um, the Red Sparrow, Jonathan India. Yes, and I, I know I like it too. Yeah. It's, it's it's interesting. I love it. Um, but uh, there's a lot of fielding um, inconsistencies in this team right now. And as the season progresses and it is a long season, we're going to see, um, this Reds infield, um, really, um, sew up some of these, some of these problems. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I really, I really have, I have high, I mean, kind of, it's hard with Cincinnati because, you know, we kind of know what's coming, and sometimes there's a lot of disappointment coming. So, I mean, you know, it just, I'm excited about this team, but I have to kind of temper it down a little bit because, you know, I just, I'm, I'm uh, sometimes we know what's coming, and uh, it's usually for Cincinnati sports, it's been more disappointment than, but like they have a, they have a whole game lead on the Brewers for the division, and they play the Giants, and then we have the Indians. Um, Excited to watch the Battle of Ohio this weekend. Uh, Indians are five and four, so they're coming in. They they've won a few games in a row, I think. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to that that series coming up here. And I know um, the Reds were probably humbled in that D back series. I know they they I think they take them on again after the Indians series in um, Cincinnati. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking to see them take them on. Um. But it's one of those things. That's exactly what I expected from this Reds team. Um, I was not okay. Let me let me take a step back here. I was not expecting this hot hitting start. I was no. not expecting a Historic. two or three from the Cardinals sweep of the Pirates. Historic. Um, yes, um, I was not expecting that hot start. But 
I was expecting that fall off there after that hot start to the D-backs. It's yeah. one of those things where you can't you can't expect a team to consistently hit at the top of the league um, all season long. So taking a couple games, um, uh, excuse me, losing a couple games to the D-backs, not a huge deal. Um, uh, we didn't get swept. We did win one of the three games, I believe. Um, we were playing the Giants, one game, one there. Um, Hopefully we can win that series. Yeah. I look, think I'm pretty confident we can. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, watching this team continue to grow. Uh, me too, yeah, uh, definitely. And the Diamondbacks, I mean, they got some pitchers. Like, yeah. honestly, like, they got some good pitchers, so. Yeah, and then they have Josh Van Meter as well, who's on the Reds, uh, the Reds 40-man roster, um. I want to say early last season, I think that they had maybe I did notice that acquired acquired somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, in oh yeah, that was at the uh, that was like that Archie Bradley guy. Yeah, that was in the rotation. That was part of that trade, I think. I did notice that that uh, Van Meter used to be on. The, and he hit a uh, hit an RBI or a home run uh, in one of those games that uh, mm-hmm. ended up going the the D backs way. Um, again, going back to kind of what I expected, this is the Reds' first um, road trip of the season. Um, they're all the way out on the West Coast. It's hard to win games out there. Obviously, we've got the time change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first road trip of the season. You got a lot of young guys um, trying to find that balance between um, playing in Great American Ballpark and ballparks around sure. the country. So, yeah, um, definitely, and uh, a very, a very optimistic but still realistic. So. I think. I mean, I like the Reds team so far, but uh, we'll just see how they finish up this series against the Giants yep. and then go forward against the Indians later this week. So uh, Peyton is going to give us a short crew recap of their opening game this uh, this Sunday for Sunday. the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, they play their second leg of the CONCACAF Champions League uh, round of 16 match against Real Esteli. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little recap of Thursday night's game last week. Um, the crew annihilated this Real Esteli squad last Thursday. I did um, see that. With I'll a be... 4-0 victory. I saw that on the news. Like, yes. Mm-hmm, they recapped the game. Yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful game played by the crew in the first half. Very, very physical from what we're seeing in... Um, the English Premier League, the MLS. This CONCACAF tournament is known to be um, arguably the the most physical tournament in the whole world. Mm -hmm. Um, No one wants the American squads to um, pick up any wins. Often they are not um, American officials. Definitely. Um, No complaints there. The the crew did pick up the win. Um, I was stunned... Um, I think both squads picked up four yellows. Um, it was one of those things. I think I had seen a couple tweets um, on the Nordeca um, Facebook page. Um, <laughs> what are the chances of this game ending with 22 guys on the field? And I had said there's no possible way, but there were no guys sent off um, for either side. Um, I was really expecting a, a red later in that game for uh, Real Estelle. They ended up making a a couple um, substitutions there for some guys that were toting line between um, a little bit of a physical half. Mm-hmm. Um, Jossie Zardes, 
Um, I think he was the second leading scorer in the MLS last season. He netted two goals. Um, he he was looking great. Um, he's such a great finisher around the net. Um, like I've mentioned previously, I've got a couple friends that don't talk too highly of uh, do not talk too highly of Jossie Zardes. Uh-huh. Um, he played a great defensive game. Um, he's he's great with using his head. Um, like I said, he's a great finisher around the net. He put <laughs> in two goals. Um, Jonathan Mensa, um, crew stronghold there in the in the defensive half. Um, he ended up picking up a goal off a uh, corner kick. Um, got got a nice little bounce there off of a Real Real uh defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and put it in, and then to close off the uh, the first half, Pedro Santos in the uh, the forty fifth minute extended there. Um, put in a PK um, right before the half. Um, the crew did have some chances there in the second half, but certainly looked like a different team. Um, they utilized all five subs. Uh, we got to see Isaiah Parente make his pro soccer debut. Um, he's a homegrown player from uh, the Medina area. He looked really good there in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when the the crew announced their starting eleven for the for the match, um, Derek Etienne uh, was the starting right back. Um, a lot of skepticism there. Um, he hasn't really played any, um, really, any defense. Um, he's always been in the forward positions, especially for the crew. Um, he looked a little bit uncomfortable. That's not a position that I expect to see him in all that often um, for the crew. Um, looking forward with all the depth that they have. Um, I was shocked to not see um, any appearances from um, Kevin Molino, uh, Marlon Hairston, um, the the new pickups that they acquired in the off season. Um, it looks like Kevin Molino is going to be out six to eight weeks with a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be tough. Um, you play the the Philadelphia Union on Sunday in the first MLS regular season match, and and you're going to miss that depth there. Um, I imagine we're going to see um a couple more um depth players. Um, on this Thursday match, being that the crew are already up 4-0 in leg one of the um, the CONCACAF Champions League. I imagine we're going to see a little bit more of Perry Kitchens. I know that he came on in, as a sub in the, in the latter half of the second half. Uh, we're going to see Abu Bakr Keita um, come in and play some some defense, probably. I'm imagining to start the game, um, I imagine we're going to see Isaiah Parente again. Um, on Thursday night in this um, CONCACAF Champions League second league or uh, second leg match um, mm-hmm. against Real Esteli. Um, a little little preview to the game on Sunday against the Philadelphia Union. Um, the Union defeated uh, the Costa Rican squad Saprisa um, last Wednesday night. Um, there was a really egregious tackle there in the uh, the second half um, that I know made. Quite a bit of head wave um, in the in the media. Um, it was a really dirty tackle by the player for Saprisa. Mm-hmm. Um, they're up 1-0. I am anticipating that they're going to move on past this Saprisa squad, assuming that they. Um, I imagine it's going to be another close one. Um, I'm I'm going to say a 2-1 victory for the Union, um, and they're going to move on in the Concacaf Champions League. Um, I can't wait for this home opener in the in the historic Crew Stadium um, on um, Sunday night. That game will be at 5:30, and you can watch or listen um, on Fox Sports One 
or listen on nice. the home of the crew, 97.1 The Fan. Um, we're really looking forward to that. Up next on Son of a Bix and the Iceman, Sawyer's going to give us a rundown of the upcoming NFL Draft. All right. Thank you for the that crew preview. Um, so I'm going to detail some NFL Draft um, for you guys. Um, so um, basically this NFL Draft is, in recap, it's a very good draft. Um Definitely Trevor Lawrence uh, will go first to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, coached by Urban Meyer, uh, the Ohio State University's former head football coach. Um, This draft is quarterback heavy um, with uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, uh, Mac Mac Jones, Jones. Mac Jones from Alabama. Um, So definitely... Uh, it's it's very wide receiver heavy too. With playmaker heavy, playmaker heavy. I've got down here. Jamar Chase is projected to go somewhere early in the first round. Devontae Smith, the weapon from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle, although he got hurt early in the season, I think it was like the first play of yeah. Alabama season last year. I think he'll be good to go. You got Pitts from season. Florida, another playmaker. You've got four. Four, maybe five guys in the first 15 to 20 picks that are going to be playmakers. And yeah, Pitts is a playmaker. Um, he he, uh, he had great combine. Um, he Or not the combine. They didn't have a combine this year. Uh, pro day. Great pro day. Pro day. And a fantastic pro day. And there's kind of like been some like rumblings about like, oh, well, the pro day like isn't like official and like, you know, it's not officially timed, and it's kind of like uh, the the debate that's been happening recently is like how much stock should we put into pro days, and like for me, like I think we should put in not like very little stock, like but not none at all, because like at the end of the day, I don't think pro days are the end all be all. Honestly, um, I, I really don't think so. Um, I think. Again, most guys can throw the football around in shorts and a t-shirt. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like OTAs for like NFL, like kind of like they're just throwing it around in like yeah. shorts and t-shirts. So a lot of dudes can do that, in my opinion. Um, but my um, thing I wanted to bring up is I just I don't know why all this criticism is coming for the Ohio State University uh, quarterback Justin Fields. I just uh, there's been a lot of like criticism of kind of his character issues, and I just don't get it. I'm just I don't like, get it either. I know that at his pro day he made a very similar pass to what um, Zach Wilson Zach made. Wilson made. Um, in his pro day at BYU, um, it did not get nearly the media attention um, mm-hmm. that Wilson's did for BYU, and um, I think he's incredibly gifted. Um, I do. I he's think... a physical specimen, man. I mean, he, he, I think, ten, fifteen years ago, he does not fit the mold of what a college or a, a college quarterback going into the NFL would look like. He doesn't have that big body. He uses his legs. Um, consistently, not not that he's a running, incredibly mobile quarterback. He's just uh, he he knows how to use his legs, and I think he fits the mold of what um, we're gonna see this NFL um, 
this NFL product mm-hmm. is going to move towards with guys like Kyler Murray. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson probably will never play another game in the NFL um, with Sad. his with his um, abysmal um, decision making. Um, but yeah. those kinds of players um, have been have been crucial in the development of the mobile quarterback. Obviously, that was started out by guys like Donovan McNabb and mm-hmm. and, and uh, Michael Vick um, and Lamar Jackson. I forgot to mention him earlier, but those kinds of guys are they're changing the the way the quarterback positions played. It's a great point. I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson. Well, and kind of for me, there's a quarterback in every draft that kind of gets picked apart to me. Uh, that's my opinion. Like uh, in last year, it was Tua. Yeah, Tua got picked apart. Uh, he. He you was know, coming back from injury. He wasn't healthy. He didn't. He didn't really play that much down the down the stretch for Alabama. Uh-huh. I mean, he led him to the national championship game when uh, what was that? Jalen Hurts got hurt. Yep, Jalen Hurts. Um, um, yeah, Jalen Hurts yeah. got no, no. Jalen Hurts got benched. Oh, whatever. Yeah, Jalen Hurts got benched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Tua did face a lot of chrism in that um, 2020 draft. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. It, it, for me, it's just like. It's just that quarterback every year, like, 2018, it was Lamar Jackson. Yes. Like, Lamar Jackson, you know, oh, he can't throw, and then he won an MVP. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in 2019, off the top of my head, I mean, I mean, Kyler Murray still got some criticism because he was short. I mean, it was just like, you know, he, like... And he had an MVP caliber start to the season last year. Yeah, didn't didn't finish it the best, but, yeah. like, you know, it's just, like... You know, short quarterbacks, like, I don't care if you're short. Honestly, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, there's so many. Baker Mayfield, there's so many more short quarterbacks that have succeeded in the NFL. Um, And it's just like, I think people just get the wrong idea. Like, it's just like, or it was like Josh Allen didn't play any competition at Wyoming. And Josh Allen had an MVP-type season for the Bills. So it's just like, I think people, it's their jobs to critique. Of course. They're making the Bills putting out headlines mm-hmm. that's not this kind of podcast but uh, yeah. this is not the kind of podcast folks. definitely we are not. giving you good real. quality real content genuine real. thoughts no clickbait here real convo yeah so definitely um you know i think uh there's been some chatter that the niners uh traded up to the three spot and they might take justin fields you know great like honestly, like if that happens, I will be legitimately happy because the Niners are a win now team. Yeah, they have you know Nick Bosa, they have uh, Kyle Shanahan as their coach. They still have Jimmy Garoppolo, but here's my thing: Why would they trade up to the third pick if, if they're they, not going to use it on a quarterback? Yeah, draft? if they believed in exactly, uh, and they were they were in the exactly. Super Bowl what not last year, but the year before. Yep, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, not not last year, but the year before. It's crazy. And uh, they're looking to make some moves there at the, that three spot. I don't imagine um, that there will be any moves really inside the first five picks. I know the Bengals are probably going to make a move either on one of those key playmakers that I had mentioned earlier it's or um, go with uh, the offensive lineman out of Oregon. Um, his name's slipping my mind right now. but um, uh, Panay Sewell. Panay Sewell, yes. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to the decision that they end up making with that pick. Um, I heard some recap on that the other day, and looking forward to it. 
Yeah, um, uh, definitely, I agree. Um, you know, it, it's it's hard as a Bengals fan because you want to keep Joe happy because Joe wants to play with Jamar Chase. Yes. You know, like they did at LSU. Also, yes. a kind of little move that the Bengals made, they signed Thaddeus Moss. Yes, I saw that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good uh, little pickup. You know, never know. He, he might get cut in training camp you never know but I hope they keep him on the roster because we don't have a lot of tight ends but again Thaddeus and they Moss, had great they had uh, great chemistry at LSU that's what I'm saying you know and like you can reunite, reunite uh, Thaddeus Moss with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow you can basically get the 2019 LSU team um, on the Bengals in 2021 but I really think I, I don't think that they're going to end up going the Jamar Chase route um, Penne Sewell I really hope is, you're right. is a generational talent. He's a freak man. in the in the offensive line room. Um, I think if they're really looking to build a team for the future, I think that's the way to go. I think you 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 either trade up and you get a later uh, later round first first round pick um, and see if one of those playmakers is still around there. Um, but no, I don't think you can miss out on this opportunity to get a, a good solid first round offensive lineman. Well, at the end of the day, like, we got to keep Joe upright. Yeah. And uh, we got to keep him protected because he's the franchise. And, you know, the only way to do that is to pick a lineman. And I really do believe that if they draft Sewell, he can be plug and play. Yep. Like, great lineman. Yep. Like, kind of like Jedrick Wills was for the Browns. Yes. Uh, this past year. And, he was uh, guy at Alabama, right? Uh, yeah, yes, I think I so. I think he was. Um, verify that. I'm trying to find it. Anyways, we're gonna move on to the Columbus Blue Jackets, if you don't mind, Sawyer. Yep. And their tough stretch. Um, I yeah, know. Definitely. I think I think we recapped the Columbus Blue Jackets schedule. Um, my first time on the podcast now. Um, now what? This is four, fourth or fifth episode. Fourth. Yeah. Um, now officially a co-host of the pod. I'm excited to move on here, but one of my first first big things for the Jackets was, what is this team going to do down the stretch? We are going to know what this team is after that tough stretch. I think it was after the the Detroit series, and I said, well, we can chalk down two wins for the Jackets this weekend against the Detroit Red Wings. Well, folks, <laughs> they dropped both. That's, and why. That's, they, why, that's why we play the games, man. They've been terrible. Yeah. Um, this team sucks. They they did make some moves at the deadline. Uh, we'll get into that here in a second. But this team... It's not great. Sucks. Um, You know, and look, so I was okay with us being sellers at the deadline. Because I think if we're not winning with those guys now, why keep them around? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and... Uh, so we'll get into the moves that they made at the deadline. Um, um, they traded Riley Nash. For Riley Nash, a seventh round pick. Seventh round conditional pick could potentially become a sixth round pick, but um, I really don't see him making a comeback um, at all this season due to his injury. Mm-hmm. Um, the conditional, um, the, con- the in the contract, it was. Um, I think if he plays 25% of his games, um, that seventh round pick will become a sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, um, I don't don't anticipate Riley Nash coming back. 
um, to that squad. Um, then you got David Savard to Tampa. Um, good move for us. I thought it was a good move all Great all move. Great move for the Jackets. Obviously, his contract's up um, here either at the end of this year or the end of next year. I believe it's this year. Um, so uh, Tampa's really uh, taking a gamble there. Um, we ended up getting a 2021 first-rounder and a 2022 third-rounder. Um, I I am a huge fan of David Savard. Yeah, really gonna miss his. You like him, yeah. Really gonna miss his presence on the ice for the Jackets. I think he's a great leader in the locker room. He's a guy that's willing to lay his body on the line um, for the sake of the team. Ten, really gonna miss Savvy um, um, yeah. on the ice for the Jackets. Ten years in Columbus, uh, Columbus homegrown, and he said in his Instagram post that. His heart was his heart was here, and I think I appreciate what he's done. Uh, obviously, that goal against uh, Tampa in yes. that series. Yes, but, yes, uh, yes. We'll and get, uh, get... I think it's one of those things that, and we're going to talk about Felino here in a second. But Savard's one of those guys that his his foundation as a hockey professional has been rooted in Columbus, Ohio. So it's either one of those things where. Either he might not come back and play, um, but I think that we're going to see more of David Savard here in Columbus, um, in some shape or form. Whether that be in a front office position, um, in the future, or an analyst position similar to Jody Shelley, he's a guy with um, a good talking personality. Um, he, I hope he's so. he's a quiet guy, um, but I think he's got a lot of good thoughts, and uh, I, I'm I'm very happy for for uh, Savard, and I'm hoping that he can go win a cup. Yeah, um, with that Tampa squad. Me too. Um, I think let's move over to the Felino trade. Yeah. Um, another great move by Yarmo. Um, he didn't make any bad moves. Um, I was thinking that they were going to make a move with the goaltending position. Yeah, me too. Maybe move a guy like Line A. Maybe move a guy like Domi. Um, they didn't do that, but they got exactly what they needed out of um, Felino's trade, Savard's trade, and Riley Nash's trade. This Felino trade, the details for that, um, they sent Felino to Toronto. Um, for a 2021 first rounder and a 2022 fourth rounder, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That is huge for this that, team. That is very big. Um, honestly, Felino was uh, obviously nicknamed the captain. Mm-hmm. Um, gr- again, great leadership in the great locker room. Great leadership in the locker room. But, you know, I, I'm not like, again, but the thing that, you know, I kind of come back to in my mind is like, you know, if we're not winning games with those guys, like let's just send them to a better, like send them to a better team and get something back. And yeah. we did get, uh, we got some good, you know, stuff back. We got some good draft picks back, and it's just like, you know, and I've heard some rumors like Felino might sign. Back yeah, in with the us. off season. Yeah, his contract's up at the end of this season. Um, I know that his dad had won a cup in Toronto, um, so there's obviously some history there, but. Um, Felino has expressed some interest in making a comeback to Columbus um, at the end of uh, this season, signing a contract for next season. So we might get him right back. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. in like like two months. Yes. We might, yeah. Yes. Um, but another thing, um, all love, all the support, go win a cup, Nick. Um, it's one of those things where your service is so appreciated here. We are going to root for you. Um, anywhere you go. Anywhere you go. Except for Pittsburgh. Uh, no, I disagree. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna root for Felino wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, go win a cup, Nick. Definitely. Thanks yeah. for your service. 
Um, you can check out my tweet. I, I put out a nice little thing for uh, Savard and Felino. Um, love yeah. those guys. Love honestly. those guys. Thank oh. you for your service to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Homegrown Columbus kids. Um, definitely. Not from Columbus, but yes. Yeah, they, they played most of their yes, careers yes, yes, um, yes. in Columbus. Just thought I'd clarify. Yeah, definitely. Um, so definitely they are like Blue Jacket legends, and uh, we just we got to somehow move forward. We got to find a new voice in the locker room, yep. and hopefully that might be. And I imagine guys like Seth Jones and Cam Atkinson, and you know, um, obviously Boone Jenner's out for the rest of the season with that hand injury, but. Yeah, I read about that. Are, those guys are going to step up, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm look. I'm looking forward to love Cam what this team has in the future. Love Cam and Seth too. Love Seth, man. Yep. I've always loved Seth. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so that kind of wraps up our Blue Jackets report uh, for the week. Uh, again, uh, we outline just recap. We outline the trades and where this team can go uh, moving forward. So now we're going to um, change it up here. Change it up a little bit, um, mix it up. So me and Peyton, you know, I'm very into making lists. And, I'm a big list guy as well. Mm-hmm. So me and Peyton are going to outline our top five most surprising sports moments. It can be anything, an injury, an upset, whatever it may be. It can be anything. So um, I'm going to let Peyton kick it off here, and uh, I'll just – he can bounce ideas off me, and I'll give my two cents. So, obviously, there's a recency bias here with my number five. Um, but Hideki Matsuyama winning the Masters over the weekend. Yep. Um, he is the first ever Asian-born player to win the Masters. Yeah. What a feat um, for the country of Japan. That's huge. Huge. Yeah. Um, for and, and actually for all of Asia and Gulf. I know that um, things are really starting to get kicked off over there. Um, I know that they they interviewed Kevin Na, um, I believe <laughs> yep. a fellow Japanese golfer. Um, how excited he was for um, fellow countryman Hideki Matsuyama. Um, clearly, he was not on the leaderboard. Oh, he, excuse me, excuse me. He was on the leaderboard on Friday, um, but Justin Rose was far ahead of the rest of the field um, on fi- uh, um, on Friday. I believe he was seven strokes ahead, or not seven strokes ahead, seven strokes back. Whatever. Um, Yeah, you're good. But that win by Hideki Matsuyama at the beautiful Augusta National um, Golf Course in Augusta, Georgia, incredible. Um, A beautiful, beautiful display of sportsmen um, by Dustin Johnson giving the green jack to him. Um, Definitely. uh, It's just an incredible, surprising moment. Um, That was my number five. Are you wanting me to go to my number four? Yeah, I want you to do your whole list, and Alrighty. then I'll uh, I'll uh, give my I'll give my list after you. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my number four as UMBC beating the Virginia Cavaliers, the number one seed in the 2018 NCAA tournament. Never thought I'd see that in my life. Never. Never thought never. I would. Not only did this UMBC squad beat the number one Virginia Cavaliers, they stopped them. Yeah, that they... score was 74. To 54. I, to this day, I do not know where UMBC is. Like, <laughs> no, I, I, I think know it's, th- it's in Maryland. I think uh, yeah. it's in Maryland, yeah. Yeah, I, you could be lying to me, and I believe you. Yeah, like, definitely. I think it's in, I'm pretty confident it's in Maryland. I do not know where that school is. They whooped up on that that strong, strong Virginia Cavaliers team led by, uh, what was that, Guy. Kyle Guy, yep. Ty Jerome. 
Wow, guy. All those guys. All those guys are. I think. Guys Playing in the league, right? Those guys are in the NBA, yeah. yeah. Kyle Guy plays for the Kings, and Ty Jerome plays for another team that I'll figure out here. But, yeah, that that defeat um, in the 2018 NCAA tournament on that first weekend, clearly um, our favorite team, the Ohio State Buckeyes, lost to 15-seed Oral Roberts um, in this previous um, NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no. Uh, UMBC. Ty Jerome plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Nice. So, both guys in the league. Both guys in the league, and UNC, UMBC beat them. And I'll move on to my number three in the list here. The Ohio State Buckeyes winning the first ever college football playoff championship. Yep. Um, Great feat. I know that they had lost a game previously in the season. Um, v- Virginia Tech. Yes, Virginia Tech. What was that, game one? Game two. Game two. They played... Akron game one. I yeah. think it was Akron or something. Yeah. yeah. I think it was Akron. Um it was a stunning win um in the playoffs. Um they spanked the Wisconsin Badgers in the Big Ten tournament. I believe they beat them fifty two oh that year. Fifty nine nothing, yep. Yeah, fifty nine, yeah. Yep. Um that was Ezekiel Elliott's game of the game of the year. He that- followed it up with a great game in the semifinal game against Alabama. Um the number one seed there in that playoff. Um, beat my, Nick Saban and his squad. My mistake. They beat Navy game one. That was my. Oh yeah, my that, that was that neutral site game. Yep. Navy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-four seventeen. But they didn't like. They didn't crush Navy. No. You know what I'm saying like. No, that team came a long way, especially after their uh, their loss against Virginia Tech. Um, they just. I believe that Virginia Tech team was led by a. Uh, um, that one did. You not EJ Manuel. It was. Was it EJ Manuel? It was not EJ Manuel. I'm or no, EJ Manuel was it. EJ Manson? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. EJ. Was was it Tyrod Taylor? I don't think so. I uh, uh I don't know. Sawyer's gonna find it out. Yeah, He's our yeah. fact guy. Um EJ Manuel played for Florida State. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Okay, they all have the same colors. Yeah. <laughs> At least I was on the path somewhere there. <laughs> yeah. Um but the Buckeyes cruised past a tough Alabama team, and then they end up beating Marcus Mariota and the Oregon Ducks to win the first ever. College football playoff championship. Um, mm-hmm. That was an exciting time. We are sitting in the Bix basement right now, and I am looking at a printed, laminated edition of the Columbus Dispatch titled Undisputed Champions. What a beautiful, beautiful image that we have hanging over our heads right now. And that's my number three most surprising moments in sports history. Number two. Uh-huh. LeBron making his move to Miami. I have a I have another LeBron in my top five, but I'll save my list. Um, but, uh, I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly how I felt. Before you get into that, Michael Brewer was the quarterback for the Virginia Tech Hokies. Don't know what he's doing now. Yeah, but, uh, Michael Brewer's probably like a salesman. Yeah, probably somewhere. He's probably like a car salesman. Hope he's hope he has a good profession. I hope but, you have a family. And and are doing well for yourself, Michael. Good for you. You beat the Ohio State Buckeyes. Hope you're listening to the pod. Hope you're listening to the pod. We look to ha- we look to have you on sometime. Yeah. If uh, you're willing to uh, crank out like 40 minutes with us, if you want to, awesome. If you want to come come up to Ohio from Virginia, if that's where you're still living. Yeah. Who who even knows? Yeah. Um. But LeBron, I, I remember exactly where I was. Um. 
that really was when I was starting to grab onto the NBA. Sure. And honestly, I think that's probably why I'm not a big fan anymore. Um, yeah. I, that kind of was a heartbreaking moment. Um, I was devastated as a young Cavaliers fan. Sure. Um, things were really starting to look up for that team, and no, he moved on. Um, clearly, it worked out for him. Won a chip in, uh, in Miami. Two chips. Yeah. Two chips, yeah. Two chips, uh, again, uh, wasn't the ideal move for Cavaliers fans, but I think it was what he had to do, yeah. honestly. Cause, uh, and we talked about that last week um, in our second our second episode talking about LeBron's legacy. I, I'm, yep. I'm liking how we, we keep bringing him up here. Um, Me too. I'll move on to my, my most surprising moment in sports history. Um, I, I imagine if we had a national audience, this would probably be very um, controversial. Yeah, um, well, well, yeah, we're kind of more like... We're, 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 we got, we're regional. We're, we're local. regional. We're, we're local. local. Yeah, yeah, we're familiar. But yeah, I like this moment. Like you know, you And can... the most surprising moment in sports history for me is the Columbus Blue Jackets sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning in the 2019 NHL playoffs. Uh-huh. That was the first ever playoff series win by the Jackets. They took down um, the President's Trophy winners, the um, the best team in the regular season, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had booked it in that Central Division, or excuse me, the Metropolitan Division. Um, that team was lethal, and the Jackets beat them 4-0 to move on to the second round. Crushed them. Crushed them. Just took them apart, honestly. Just yeah. totally out-physicaled them and, like, just hit them where it hurts, yep. which uh, was very exciting as a Jackets fan um, to see. So, uh, going into my list, uh, number five, uh, again, I have a lot in common with Peyton's list. Um, Ohio State winning the national championship with a third-string QB. I um, forgot to mention that. That's yeah, a key that, element to that, that whole story. That's what I was going to say. I was, so... Again, Cardale Jones uh, comes off the bench and, you know, beats Wisconsin, uh, Alabama, Oregon. One of the best three-game runs I've ever seen. Um, Again, the man just uh, called 12-gauge by the great Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson. Uh Uh-huh. If he ever came on the podcast, that would be an electric... uh, That would be a guest that I would really like to have. uh, Yeah, seriously. uh, Whether it was over Zoom or... He's a legend. uh, He really is. I wouldn't Uh, mind meeting Gus. Gus, if you're listening. Let's go out to lunch Let's go out to lunch. Let's uh, have a burger or something. We'll treat you to B-dubs. Yeah, yes, sir. That's me and Sawyer's spot. We'll get you you some wings, man. Oh, buffalo mac and cheese. That's pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. Um, So, uh, (laughs) back to my list. Um... So definitely Ohio State winning the national championship could have been higher. Third string QB, uh, just incredible run. I mean, it was uh, Ezekiel Elliott had a great three game run. Yes. Michael Thomas had a great three game run. It was just Michael Thomas's breakout a little bit as a wide receiver. Absolutely, and obviously he's clearly he's one of the top receivers in the in the in the NFL now. He uh, highest paid, right? Uh, yeah, one of the I, I think so. Two years ago, um, he led the league in receptions. He actually set the reception record. Um, so that is my number five. Number four, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, you know, sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning, as Peyton outlined. Uh, incredible. 
I've never seen a nationwide arena more hyped. I've never seen a group of fans that deserve it more. Yes. Um, again, uh, to that point, the Columbus Blue Jackets had never won a playoff series, and to come out the gates and sweep the Lightning like that, incredible. The fifth line, the fifth line deserved that. They definitely they did. Have been, they had been loyal as hell. Loyal. I mean, loyal. Like, loyal and consistently let down. By this Blue Jackets team. Definitely. For the last, I don't know, what was that? 20, 21 20, years. 20 something years, yeah. 20s, yeah. So definitely, uh, that's my fourth. Um, again, my three through five is the, you know, me and Peyton have them in different orders, but is pretty much the same as Peyton's list. Uh, UMBC upsetting Virginia. Um, again, not just beating Virginia, crushing Virginia, kind of like the Jackets did to the Lightning. Um, they just completely took them apart. I mean, it was, you know, I never thought in my lifetime I would see a 16 beat a one. Yeah. And it happened and it happened pretty decisively. And I'm just, uh, that's something I'll tell my grandkids about where like, you know, I, cause I really, I, I don't think it'll happen I don't know if it'll happen again. Honestly, I really don't. So it's just, it's just historic. And uh, I, I mean, seriously, it was just what a moment in sports history that I hope everybody, you know, recognizes. I hope that we get to experience it again. Uh-huh. It's exciting. Me too. Um, number two is a little on a down note. Uh, the Kevin Ware leg injury to our people that are listening. Um, don't look it up. Uh, it's very gross. Very gross. Very graphic. Um, definitely. If you uh, haven't seen it before, you're missing out. Yeah, not. <laughs> yeah, not that, really. The one of the nastiest injuries I've ever seen. It was just surprising to me because I won't. Um, we're not Grey's Anatomy. We're not going to get into like no. where the bone. So I, you know, it. Uh, it just was gross. And the and, whole it's it shocked the whole world. Yeah, it was one of those things where. I, I wasn't I just on want... Twitter at that time, mm-hmm. but that would have been number one trending. That was the most talked about thing for the rest of the tournament. Um, he did end up making his comeback, and he did play. He did play in, again. Uh, in in uh, in uh, March Madness a couple years later. Yeah, very good story. I just wanted him to be okay, man, and just so was devastated for that young man. Absolutely. And... Ah, uh, yeah, Kevin Ware, if you're out there, I just uh, hope you're doing all right and hope you're still hooping on the on the down low. I hope you're still hooping. Yeah. Um. So number I one, I second that. I yep, second that. Number one, uh, the Cavs coming back um, from down three. Oh my one. God! How did I miss that? Mm-hmm. Uh, to what? Be, to be? Yeah, I was a little shocked. I was like, I, I think. In my opinion, uh, that's my most surprising sports moment. Uh, well, that tells you why and how far I've come as a NBA basketball fan. <laughs> that I breezed over that. <laughs> I let the world down there. Uh, beat the seventy-three and nine Warriors. Um, that team was composed of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. Um, the Cavs team was composed of LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, Jared Smith, Tristan Thompson. Great series, uh, one of the best series I have watched, Absolutely. even though 
every game was a blowout until game seven. Yes. And game seven was a standstill at 89. And then we all know what happened. Uh, LeBron blocked the shot that uh, was heard around the world. Yes. And then Kyrie hit the shot that was heard around the world. Uh, such a good feeling. Such a good feeling. As an Ohio sports fan to finally see them get it done and... Again, a historically great team, and uh, it was just, it was incredible. And uh, I remember a quote that uh, I want to bring up. So they finished game four, and uh, so they're going to game five back to Oakland. Game five and game seven were both in Oakland, so they had to win two games in Oakland, which is not, which is a tough task. So, and LeBron said, um, he said, if you guys don't think we can win the championship, then don't get on the plane yeah. to Oakland. And I just thought that was powerful. I just thought it was like... Yeah, the, the, hairs, on, the hairs on my arm are sticking up after, <laughs> after a quote like that. I was just like, damn, man. Like, you know, he like... Because he was such a... And again, uh, we talk about LeBron a lot, but like he's just such a good leader and just like he galvanized that group Absolutely. to come back and achieve one of the best feats in NBA history. So um, that kind of wraps up the show today. Thank you guys for hanging with us. On, on our first official episode of Son of a Bix and the Iceman. Yep. Uh, I would like to shout out Kayla Jackson real quick for her uh, dedication and work um, on the on the logo. Yes. Um, really excited uh, for you guys to see that um, on this week's uh, cover art. Um it's very, it's very cool. Very cool. Um, it was very uh, gracious of her to do that for us. Thank her, thank her times a million. Like yes. she, she did such a good job, and it, it's such a nice logo that hopefully we can use on a bigger platform someday. Absolutely. So, so uh, I just wanted to shout her out real quick. Uh, thank you, Kayla, for, uh, for doing that for us, and we're we're really excited to expand on this, uh, this platform. Um, I know that we're we're looking to make some uh, some guest appearances with uh, some friends that we've got, yep. and uh, we're looking to to maybe do some different kind of content here uh, coming up. I don't know whether that be the list. Uh, let us know if you guys did like that list. Um, yeah, let us know uh, in the definitely uh, Twitter. Uh, definitely let us know through Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Sna- uh, you don't have Snapchat. No, I don't, yeah, I don't have Snapchat. So Twitter, Instagram. Uh, let us know. Um, what you guys think of the podcast, um, you know, we're, uh, trying to put out uh, a few more weekly episodes and then we will break and then we'll bring on some guests. So that'll be a good surprise for you guys when we come back. Um, definitely looking to keep it going and, uh, a few shout outs for my part. Uh, shout out to your, your nice lady. Megan Volrath, yeah. she shouts out the podcast yeah. all the time. Thank you, Meg. Yeah, we ser- appreciate that. Seriously, we appreciate the exposure and the support. Uh, shout out to my sister Gigi. Yeah, she's been, yep. Gigi. <laughs> she's been promoting the co- podcast. Uh, really, she's been. Those two ladies have been getting out there and uh, been doing a great job uh, supporting us and yes, what we do. Absolutely. So uh, thank you guys for listening today. Uh, our goal this week, um, try to get around 30 to 40 plays. Yeah. Um, more on the high side, I like to get to 40. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday and great rest of your week. And we will be back with another episode on the 20th, uh, um, a new episode of Son of a Bix and the Iceman. Peace out.